Welcome to Earth's Mightiest Weirdos. Everybody returning to talk within the last couple of weeks, at least Robert and uh, David were on for Spider Sunday. I think that was probably the last time you guys were on. Robert, how are you doing tonight? Doing all right, man. How y'all doing? Good, man. It's good to have you. Alex, back for the second week in a row. Welcome back to the show. Honored to be here. Thanks for having me. And David from Modern Gods Podcast. How are you doing tonight, David? Doing well. How about you guys? I am doing fantastic. Well, there's not a ton of news. There's rumors online from MCU Direct and a couple of other spots saying that Loki Season 2 is going to begin production this summer. So that's exciting. Had anybody heard that information yet? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I heard about that starting film in the UK yep. this summer. Yeah. Yep. So the Direct, um, they've gotten many things right. They've gotten some things wrong. So... Take it with a grain of salt, but it is it does make a ton of sense that that Loki season two would begin to get going again soon. They need to find a director first. We still we know that um, she's not returning for season two, so we knew we need to get a new director at the very least. Jalen is here. Justin Grant says Hulk smash that like button, share the subs- share the feed with everybody. Uh, Amula, I believe, is how it's pronounced. Thanks for joining us. Justin again is here. Kevin's here. Mark is here. Main Mud Runner is here. Give me all the Loki says Main Mud Runner. So, I mean, we're all in on season two for Loki. I would very much assume that to be the case. Well, he's got to go to bed. So let's get into it. <laughs> Jax, how are you? Good. Good. We're talking about the Marvel one shots, which you just saw for the very first time pretty recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. What did you think of the Marvel one shots? Um. I really like them. Yeah, you like short films. That's yeah. about your attention span, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what was your favorite one of the Marvel short films, or uh, uh, of the Marvel one shots? I think it's probably uh, Team Thor Part One. Team Thor Part One. So yeah. that was the one that was attached to Captain America: Civil War. Why did you like that one? Um, it was really funny. He just gets really bummed out when Tony or Steve won't call him. Yeah. Tony won't even talk to him when he calls Bruce, right? Yeah. It's kind of kind of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> and his, do you remember his roommate's name? Um, Daryl. Oh yeah. Yeah, Daryl. Uh, did you watch the Team Daryl one? Yeah. With yeah. the Grandmaster. What was your? Did you like the Agent Coulson one when he beat up the guys at the gas station? Yeah, I did like that one. Yeah. So you liked them all? Yeah. Do you I wish did. they'd do more Marvel one shots? Are you good with the TV shows we're getting now? Um, I think I'm good with the TV shows. Okay. If you could come up with any Marvel one shot idea, do you have an idea? All right, your sister's outside the door. Can you go take her to mom? Yeah. Thanks, buddy. All right. I guess I shouldn't have sprung that question on him of if he had an idea for one because he might have been able to come up with one had we thought about it a little bit of ahead of time. Boomer and Stephanie are both here. Thank you so much for joining us. Some of our victims of Monday Night Football are now back because Monday Night Football is no longer happening. So we're very, very happy to have our audience back. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us. But guys, let's get into it. The Marvel one-shots. Robert, we're going to start right up in the corner with you. Of the eight Marvel one-shots that were just newly uploaded to Disney+, Plus. some of them were there, but you had to do a little searching for them. Like, All Hail the King, you had to go to, I believe it was Thor the Dark World, and then you had to go to the extras and, and all that kind of stuff. Like, now you can just find them all on the Marvel tab on Disney+. Plus. Robert, of the eight that were there, do you have a personal favorite of the group? Uh, all Hail to the King is my favorite. Justin okay. Hammer kills it. That's it. <laughs> Justin Hammer. Yeah, for yeah, you need to stick around for the credits of these Marvel one shots too. Just like yeah, Justin Hammer was great. We get some of the best Trevor Slattery stuff in there too, man. That entire mm-hmm. thing, we'll talk about it, but his CBS show, like so funny. Oh, yeah. Alex, how about you? Do you have a favorite of the group? Yeah, mine is uh Agent Carter. That one's uh that was my favorite when it came out. When I rewatched them all, it's like, man, that was so good. It's it's like the closest I feel like we're gonna get to Captain Carter until we get Captain Carter. So I enjoyed it. Fair enough. How about you, uh, David? Uh, well, in the name of not repeating anyone else, I'm going to go with a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. All right. I like that one. Agent Phil Coulson. This is where the legend was born within these, yes. these Marvel one shots. And then let's start right there with the very first one. So the concept of the Marvel one shot, um, they were produced by a couple of different people. Um, Eric Pearson was a screenwriter for most of them. Um, and then we had a couple of different directors. Louis D'Esposito came in for item 47 and agent Carter when those really expanded into what really felt like backdoor pilots for potential television series. 
Um, Agent Carter really did spin off into its own television series, even though it wasn't exactly um, there, but it is absolutely canonized, which we'll talk about um, when we get to to Agent Carter. But all these do take place. They're basically short films set within the MCU, sometimes just being a little bit silly and sometimes really giving us some pretty, pretty interesting stuff. So um, right there, Robert, we'll start with you. We start with the consultant, which is kind of making sense of why. Tony Stark is the one that shows up in the bar to talk to Thunderbolt Ross after after the Incredible Hulk, the events of the Incredible Hulk. Because you're wondering, like, why like would Tony Stark be the one recruiting him? And it turns out he's recruiting the Abomination, and he was only sent in simply to really, really just pretty much upset Thunderbolt Ross. Robert, what do you make of the one of the consultant? Uh, it was cool. It, it kind of felt kind of meta, like Pulp Fiction. You know, they're sitting at a at a booth at, the, at a diner. You know, you got you're talking about. Emil Blonsky, who was Tim Roth, that's that's the scene in Pulp Fiction, you know. So that was pretty cool, and like the whole setup, it made sense of how they showed Tony at the end of uh, Incredible Hulk, which is still one of the worst MCU movies to me. So, <laughs> how did I not put together the Tim Roth Pulp Fiction thing? You are absolutely correct. I man, that just that just blew my mind. <laughs> Alex, we're we're this is the first time that we're introduced to the character of Jasper Sitwell, who really gets a payoff in Captain America. The Winter Soldier being held up on the Lumerian Star, and he is very much an agent of Hydra. But this is where we're first introduced to Jasper Sitwell, and people thought he was just the Coulson replacement at the time. Um, but Alex, anything interesting within the within the consultant for you? Well, I I called out too. I like that they had the Abomination in it. In you know speaking about it, I thought that that was cool because again, I feel like I hadn't watched that one shot before, and I was like, oh, that's actually pretty cool that they they kind of explained. That's what the one shots are for, in a sense, right? To kind of clean up some of those loose ends, and so I liked that a lot. I did like when Sitwell was like, I can I'll be, I could be that Patsy. I'm a great Patsy, yeah. and he's like, yeah, I, I you are a great Patsy, and it was funny seeing that, knowing that he's Hydra. Uh, was was interesting to me, but it's like, hey, it was their first one. It's like a minute and a half long, but uh, it, it's a good start. Dwayne says, hey, guys, go Bengals. Thanks so much for showing up, Dwayne. Kevin says, Agent Carter, uh, you had to go searching for. Robert speaks the truth on All Hailed the King. Caged Heat featuring the tracksuit mafia. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good, that's a fantastic call out. David wins because of Settlers of Catan in the background. And that Settlers Catan is, is a dangerous game that can ruin friendships. David, have you ever lost a friendship due to Settlers of Catan? Um, I haven't played that game in a while. It was actually a wedding gift from a friend of mine. Nice. Um, the ones I have, I used to play with, I'm uh, not friends with. Well, am I? <laughs> so yes, it does ruin. Yes, I have. <laughs> I played a Game of Thrones themed one that was just way too confusing and took far too long to set up. Back to the consultant, Davis. Yes. Anyway, uh, I, I actually like the story behind this. Um, if you read the Marvel, the History of Marvel Studios book, they explained how the one shots were kind of a, a way to get um, some people on their roster, a some directing credit or some experience. And they shot the one with uh, Coulson and they shot item 47, I think it was. And they said they had about enough budget left to have two guys at a table talking. Um, so that's what happened with the consultant, but I do like it. Um, is this, first of all, is this the introduction of Sitwell? Uh, to my understanding, it's, oh, it's yeah. the first Marvel. It's the first yeah. Marvel one shot. It was attached to Thor. I don't believe the, I don't believe Sitwell showed up in Thor. Um, I, I don't think he showed up in Captain America, the first Avenger, certainly. So I would assume this is his first appearance. Okay. It's been a while. I don't remember what order they came out, but Still, that was a, it was a really cool um, just to see two S.H.I.E.L.D. agents at a diner talking about how they're going to kind of manipulate um, the playing field. And I thought it was interesting how they say how um, they really wanted Blonsky for the Avengers. And this was their way of getting out of that. So, yeah, the, huh. the, the World Security Council wanted Blonsky and, and they all wanted wanted Banner. So, yeah, that. That makes a ton of sense. It just makes you think like Colson was a really smart dude. Yeah. But David, let's keep, let's keep going with you. You said you really enjoyed a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. Again, another one that isn't extremely long three to four minutes at the absolute most, but we're, we're introduced to his first name is agent Colson and the abilities that he has. This was a Marvel one shot that was attached to the home media release 
of Captain America and the first Avenger. So usually these were applying to the film before them. Uh, but we learned that that Coulson has has some abilities on in a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer. Yeah, he's got some moves. Um, I feel like before this, Coulson was kind of like that guy in the suit who kind of popped up. No one knew yet his importance or how much people would grow to love him. And um, this, I feel like, elevated Coulson's character from, you know, the guy standing next to Nick Fury to from that to, you know, someone who can really handle his own is cool under pressure. Um, I think that this was kind of the, the, the preview to agents of shield to, to show that, you know, Coulson doesn't really panic for anything. Um, and just the way he took those guys out, I really liked it. I think the, the slow motion shot of him throwing the sugar, um, into the guy or the flower into the guy's face. Like it, it, it always really, really works for me. Robert, I've got one question for you. Chocolate or powdered donuts? Uh, yeah. I guess I'll go with chocolate. <laughs> that is the correct answer. Phil Phil Coulson can't decide, but so is this is this the first time we see Roxon in the MCU is in his one shot? I would assume. I think so. Yeah. In what other places have we even seen Roxon? Uh Spider-Man movies. Uh, I feel like maybe in one of the Avengers movies on a on the TV or something. It wasn't Agents of Shield, but that hadn't come out yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, the the gas station is Roxon, and it was three seventy nine a gallon. I did take notice, so that was that was ten years ago. Like that's a little depressing. It's Roxon gas. It's the, well, it was also the ninety one too. So it was like, what is that? I don't even know what it's called. Premium. He was yeah. driving an he was driving an Acura. This is back when Acura had like the loan sponsorship of the MCU. So that is that is also true. Uh, but Robert, it it does make me laugh when when they ask him for his keys and then they turn their back and he's like, "Oh, I have this gun." Like, <laughs> you like the gun? Like, uh, like Robert, is there anything in in a funny thing happened on the way to Thor's hammer that stands out to you here? Just like the accuracy, how he busted that dude in the head with the you know the sack of flour. That was pretty funny. And that's pretty much it. You know? Looking like Agent Smith out of the Matrix. Yeah, class. those uh, those Tybo lessons really paid off. So. <laughs> Alex, how about you? Yeah, uh, and I I double checked IMDb. Sitwell was in Thor, and he was also in Avengers as well. He was sure. in Thor. I think he was on the Hell Carrier or something like that. But uh, yeah, I, I caught I caught the rocks on gas, and I also said I can never decide on either of those donuts. Uh, to me, it just depends on the situation. If I've got free time and a napkin, I'm gonna pick uh, the powdered ones all the way. But if I've got things to do, I need that. I can't have the powder on my fingers, so. <laughs> but other than that, no. I mean, I thought his all bit, the get all up in the cool. beard and shit. So you know, yeah, into no a idea. business meeting full of powdered donuts. Yeah, that yeah. Work. I look like Santa Claus. It's better than cheap. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, Alex. Oh yeah, no. I was just gonna say I, I like that they kind of set him up as the casual badass, where he's like he knows exactly what he's doing the whole time, and those guys have no idea. I think my favorite bit, besides the flower, is when he kicks the guy's gun down, like, and you, and you see it in slow motion. That was pretty cool, but then literally 10 seconds later, it's over. So, again, another one that's just very short and sweet, nothing super memorable, but still fun. The, the slow-mo of him kicking the gun down and then the gun shooting the floor, I think, is really, is yeah. really cool, yeah. So, Kevin says Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is great. True. It's not on Disney Plus. Like, I would love to go back and watch it, but I'd give it time. I have a feeling it's coming. I mean, there was a time on Netflix, like we were talking about these one shots, saying like, "Ah, it'd be so cool if Marvel just laid them all out in chronological order and put it." They can do that, and and they did it. So I feel well, like is it still on Netflix? I feel That's like I'm thinking. Wait for that license uh, to expire. Yeah, and I wonder if there was some sort of licensing with like the Incredible Hulk. Like, it's on Hulu too, or... though. I think it's on Hulu. Agents I remember that's where I would watch it was on Hulu. So I wonder if they keep it on Hulu. Agents of Sh- should Agents of Shield be canon? Uh, t- further to come on a future first <laughs> Mightiest Weirdos, Dwayne. I don't know if we have time tonight. Uh, Stephanie says it is in the Boomer and Stephanie Theater on DVD. So all right, well that's good to know. Uh, but with with like the She Hulk coming out, um, like it, it just feels like there might have been some sort of waiting period on all things Incredible Hulk. Like now that we're getting closer, like if you if you can't have all of them, then why add any of them, even though that's what they did? So I don't I don't really know. But now they're all here. So like you said, I feel like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. will come at some point, Um, if for nothing else, if characters from that show, a.k.a. Daisy Johnson, 
um, potentially show up in Secret Invasion, like has not absolutely not been confirmed, barely even rumored, but is a wish list of of at least one person that we know. Um, like that's a wish list for a lot of people. But so we'll see. But then Luis D. Esposito, who's part of the Marvel Parliament, he got some directing credits here, and then we started to expand these one shots. And this is where item forty seven, Alex, surely did feel like it was a backdoor pilot for a potential television series you got some pretty established actors and this one was actually attached to the film that it had to do with and it was attached to the home release of the avengers as well as item 47 it was kind of doing things that spider-man homecoming did but it did it six or seven years before that so alex what did you make of item 47 yeah i've actually i actually do have some notes on this one there's some uh, glaring errors in this continuity errors but also if i remember right this was the backdoor pilot for agents of shield and then they just decided to go in a completely different direction for it because the whole point of it is they become agents of shield and it was like supposed to follow them learning you know oh what it's like to be a new agent in shield and i was so excited because i love lizzie kaplan but also you've got jesse bradford from clock stoppers in it as well so uh, it was the perfect casting. I love that opening of them talking. Completely forgot what they were doing in the show. So when they put their masks on, I was like, oh, no way. This is awesome. Well, but- then I believe it was between episode 16 and episode 17 of season one of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. where Captain America, the Winter Soldier, fell or came out and S.H.I.E.L.D. completely fell. Yeah, so it exactly. kind of ruined every plan they had for that yeah. TV show. <laughs> yeah, that's what happens when you try to plan on the TV side of things. Um, I said, this is not congruent with damage control because this took place five days after the Avengers, and they said that uh, this is the one piece of alien tech that you didn't get. And then he said there were 47 objects, and they were all dormant except for this one. All right, tell that to Adrian Toomes, because he had quite a few extra objects there. Uh, But again, how are they going to know, and how how would they have prevented this? So, But other than that, I, this one I really liked. I thought this was cool. The music was great. I love that we got, I don't remember his name, but I'm pretty sure that's Bosch, right? In the chair. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the guy in the chair, which was so cool. I love when he calls Sitwell Coulson. That was nice as well. And then he even had a great bit too, where he was saying something like, actually, I was planning on doing all of that anyway. And I'm about to go out and knock some skulls or something like that. He just sounded like such a stinker and I loved it. That's that's fair. So Kevin says he seems to be speaking with some sort of authority here. He says item 47 inspired Iger to order a shield series, not necessarily backdoor it like Agent Carter. Kevin seems to know that that kind of stuff. So um, Kevin would know. And then uh, he says, I only ask uh, because of what we got in Hawkeye. Should Agents of Shield be canon because of what we got in Hawkeye? Agent 13 um, is Bobby Morse. Is it agent? Is it agent thirteen? No, 19. I'm nineteen. Thank you, nineteen. I knew agent thirteen wasn't right because that's Sharon Carter. Yeah. Um, so Bobby Morris, agent nineteen. Like at this point, it really does feel like Agents of Shield is about as canon as Tobey Maguire Spider Man. Um, yeah. There's there's obviously certain nods where they refer to the MCU or yeah they refer to the movies far more than the movies refer to them. I, I don't know. Like I understand why hardcore Agents of Shield fans quote unquote want it to count but ultimately if you like the show that's really all all that matters at least to to most people but i i tapped out on the show just before ghostwriter and then i just never really got back into it so i apologize there uh robert I, item 47 did the uh glaring uh inconsistencies that alex talked about really bug you here too i mean it didn't bug me but i, I noticed him like like the tinkerer is the one you know he he messed with all that stuff too so yeah. I don't know how they didn't know that, but you know. <laughs> this this is this was years before Homecoming, so whatever. Yeah, we could say that Homecoming is the one that is. They can't even. They can't even get eight years. Yeah, later. they can't get. They can't yeah. get the time. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true <laughs> Good point, David. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, David, anything from Item Forty Seven that really stuck out to you here? Um, I agree with Alex. I liked, I love seeing, I love Lizzie Kaplan. So having her in there was really cool. Um, I, I do like this one a lot. I think, I think it was interesting because that those were things we hadn't really considered, like what happened to all this alien tech, you know, after the fight was over. And this was the first time that we really got a glimpse of some of those answers. Um, I think when you think about it, like there was probably alien tech all over the place. And who knows who picked it up and did what with it. So, um, and I kind of liked that um, 
it, it, even though it wasn't working when they found it, if you were able, if you were smart enough and able to tinker enough, no pun intended, for home homecoming, uh, you could get that stuff to work. And it just kind of shows what one piece of alien tech really, how much, how much, how much of an advantage that gives you if you have alien tech, ch Chitari tech. Evan says it's Agent Blake, Titus Welliver, our favorite Imperial officer from episode three of season two of the Mandalorian. If nothing um, else. he was in, he was in agents of shield as well. He was, I forgot what season he says agent Blake though. So not, Bush. Oh, Oh, I'm thinking Titus Burgess from uh, uh, Kimmy Schmidt. I was like, wait a minute. He was not in the short. <laughs> that is absolutely not Titus Burgess. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I'm going to kick us off with agent Carter because agent Carter is my favorite of them as well. It's the one that seemed to be the most thought out. Haley Atwell as Peggy Carter is one of the best characters in the MCU that wasn't utilized enough, in my personal opinion. Um, we did get this completely canonized within What If as well when we had Bradley Whitford's character, um, Captain. Man, I'm I'm blanking on his name at the moment, but he came. He was the he Flint. was Captain Flynn. Yeah, thank General, General Flynn. General Flynn. General. Whoever Agent Flynn. Um, and he was he was the one that was kind of over Captain Carter in that first episode of What If. Um, so getting Bradley Whitford back into the MCU would be a lot of fun. That guy has more range than just about any actor out there. Um, I really like what he does all the way back to Billy Madison. Um, and then Get Out is like his premier role, in my opinion. Um, I think Bradley Whitford's an absolute star. I would love to get him more in the MCU. Um, but this one was attached to Iron Man 3. We spend time and we we get the Tesseract. We get her yelling at the guy to learn how to count. We learn how capable that Peggy Carter is. And then we get Howard Stark telling her she's going to run S.H.I.E.L.D. and then kicks off the Agent Carter series, which is on Disney+. Plus. You can catch that one. So, Robert, we'll start with you on Agent Carter. What in Agent Carter really stood out to you? Uh, the dude that was handcuffed, like when she whooped everybody's ass and then like he screamed for real. That was hilarious. <laughs> I need you to call for help. Yeah. Learn to count. Learn to count. I, I didn't notice that they had uh, dumped him Dugan at the end of it. Like the first time I watched it. I saw that when I rewatched it. <laughs> when he's discovering the invention yeah. of the mm. by the French. Yeah. 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 That's very funny. Alex, I'm sure you have notes on, on Agent Carter, you said. Yeah, the, uh, I love it. Like I said, I, there's not a moment of it that I don't enjoy. And I think partially that was just because when it came out at that time, too, I think I'm trying to remember, was it rumored that there was going to be a show? Because I feel like when I was watching it, I was like, this is going to be such a good show. And they didn't they didn't do the exact same thing in the show. But it was nice to see this to where, you know, she actually gets a ton of time. Right. It's like a 13 minute short. So you get a bunch of it. You get to see her doing all of the action stunts we wanted her to see. And I, like, like I said, there were moments in this where I was like, she could she could totally be Captain Carter. And it'd be, I'd be curious to see how they pull off the buffing up. That was kind of the note was like, I, I'll be interested to see how they do that. But she's got everything else down. Like she's got the quips. She's got the fighting. She's got the smarts. And uh, the bit I just love the bit where she's like, they basically all leave her at the office and the phone rings and then they get mad at her for answering it. But it's like, what do you expect? You're the only one in the office. Like, of course I was going to answer this phone. And that whole concept was silly too, because I was, I was thinking to myself, why don't they have like a round Robin rotation where, you know, when the phone call comes in, it goes to an agent, the next one goes to the next agent where it's just him, you know, divvying it out to everyone unfairly. Like the taxi, so, like a taxi cab stand. Yeah. It, yeah. It was like, what is this? But again, it was like the beginnings of shield. So, you know, they've got some work to do in efficiency gains, but uh, yeah, no, I, I just, I loved it. And yeah, like you said, that bit where he's like, she's like, you need to learn how to count, but she still beats the crap out of that guy, even though he's like knocking her off. Oh, just so good. Stephanie says, I've always hated when people in, movie, in the movies needlessly shoot at a door when she shot a hole out of the door for a reason that just. Oh, started. that was so good. I mean, look at you're accomplishing so many different things in just that scene of like, she's an amazing marksman. She knows what she's doing and she's like, she's walking forward, holding I don't know if anyone's done that. Like, that's hard to do. That's almost impossible to do. And she she does it. It's crazy. Yeah. I will simply tell Stephanie that if she doesn't want to see people shoot through the door, do not watch the latest episode of Peacemaker on HBO Max. <laughs> he does that for like 15 minutes straight. Um, Jalen says she loved the Agent Carter one. 
Um, this seems to be consensus. Either this or Hall of Hail the King seem to be the most consensus. I did say Agent Carter was my favorite, but when we talk about Trevor Slattery, we'll probably change my mind. But David, Agent Carter, Zodiac, it seemed like it was a person. It was absolutely not a person. They asked for three to five agents to take care of this, and she goes and does it all on her own. Yeah. Um, this I love, again, like everyone else, I love Agent Carter. Um, it does so much, like Alex said, for a character. It's frustrating for us as an audience because we saw her in First Avenger. We know what she's capable of. Where, um, you know, but to all these office guys, they probably still just see her as like Captain America's girlfriend, Steve Rogers' girlfriend. And so they don't, they don't um, really understand what she's capable of. But they also, what they also show us is that she's capable of winning the day so many different ways. You know, she outs, she outsmarts the guys in the front and then she takes on, she's outnumbered, takes on everyone, but then she's has to go up against a, another guy who's like twice her size and does the same, you know, takes him out as well. So it do, it goes a long way to show you that she is really capable. She is not dependent. She doesn't need any man to, to help her to, you know, get her through these situations. She doesn't need, you know, agents. She doesn't need Steve Rogers. She really is her own. Um, she's a deadly weapon all on her own. Um, what does frustrate me a little bit is that this isn't quite synced up, I think, to what we got in Agent Carter. So you have to do a little bit of mental gymnastics to make them both fit. But I think um, if you don't care, it doesn't matter. It's not like this. It's not like th those things not matching up, you know, disqualifies one or the other. So. Um, I'm fine with living with a little bit of um, a little bit of uh, whatever the opposite of synergy is, um, <laughs> which is which is fine. You know, they didn't quite know what they had yet. Um, I do remember when we were watching Agent Carter, I thought maybe Zodiac would come back. Um, but as far as I know, it didn't. But I feel like this was a great intro to what was yet to come with Agent Carter. Yep, absolutely. Well, Robert, we'll move on to what you said was your favorite. All hail the king. We have a series of docu of a documentary being put together by it turns out to be a member of the Ten Rings um, with his really cool gun that gets assembled by a, a uh, yeah, camcorder. By quarter. <laughs> um, but Trevor Slattery having all the people in jail on his side and them just telling him this was attached to the home media release for Thor: The Dark World. Um, but just everybody like they teased far before Shang-Chi that the real Mandarin was out there and he was really, really, really mad at Trevor Slattery. So, Robert, what about All Hail the King that really makes it your favorite? Uh, the 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 pilot for Cage Heat. Uh, <laughs> uh, Justin Hammer, of course. It's like 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 I think you said it earlier, like you could not you could not attach this to anything nowadays like this is pre Disney freaking you know some of the stuff they say in there it, it was it was great it was hilarious yeah caged heat in itself is like all about communism and russia like i don't right. feel like the mcu would really approach that anymore <laughs> no caged heat I, well i love how he drops early in the episode that he'd never like they talked about why wouldn't you interview with 60 minutes i'm never going to work with cbs ever again <laughs> <laughs> and that was back when like paramount made iron man one two and three so it was a viacom company like it was it was all within the cbs family so they were able to kind of make fun of themselves but alex how about you all hail the king what what uh other than obviously the connections to shang chi and everything that it teases there like there's no way they could have planned it out that good could they uh, I mean, well, they, they kind of kept it loose enough to where we already knew based on the plot from Iron Man 3 that there was either there was a Mandarin out there or, you know, it was it was a guffin anyway. Right. So, yeah. like, they were able to do that. Um, the note that I had for this was Agent Carter is my favorite, but I think this one's the best because kind of like what you're saying, the continuity piece of this one shot is better than all of the others for that very reason. Like they, they don't set up too much, but they leave you with such an Easter egg of like, hey, there's this other character who's, who's still out there. And we now have that payoff in the Shang-Chi movie. So, you know, looking back on it, it ages very well. It ages better than almost all of the other one shots, but I still like Agent Carter better. Um, the only other thing I'm trying to think of that I really liked about this was I, I keep on thinking back to obviously the... Uh, uh, everything at the very end with uh, 
and I'm putting a uh, just namer, but uh, his thing at the beginning when he's like getting protection in the cafeteria, I thought was really funny where they like approach him and they're trying to get him to perform. Uh, I just, I, that, that whole bit was great. <laughs> Not a threat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he wanted his chalky milk. <laughs> his chalky <laughs> milk. <laughs> David, how about you? Trevor Slattery, Justin Hammer, you really can't get too, too much better unless, of course, in Armor Wars, they're teamed up to get Tony Stark's tech. Yeah. Um, I feel like this was the first reactionary thing that Marvel did because there were a lot of people who were really upset about the Mandarin twist in Iron Man 3 that they figured they had to figure out a way to get the real Mandarin, quote-unquote, back in the MCU. Um, I do think that they may have had Shang-Chi in mind because, um, I forgot where I read this, but Shang-Chi was originally one of the lists on the list of like seven, eight to ten properties that Marvel was shipping around when they were... um, trying to get their financing deal. Uh, So Shang-Chi was on the list. So they knew they were going to make that movie. I don't know if they knew that the Mandarin would be connected to Shang-Chi in the way that that they did it. Um, But I feel like they were trying to go back on something that they did in Iron Man 3, which is fine with me. Um, Even today, I'm still not sure how I feel about the Mandarin twist. So just the fact that they tried to not undo it, but... um, make it so that they could still carry forward with, you know, a really popular Marvel character in the Mandarin. Um, even if he was problematic. That scene when the twist was revealed and he just comes out of the bathroom with the girls in the bed, like, and he's watching soccer. Like, I, I love it. I love that scene so much. I love that movie so much. Like I am all about the twist, but I also don't have the comic book history that you guys quite have. So I wasn't near as attached to it. Uh, but the, the 10 rings, I mean, we had the logo in even in Iron Man one. So the 10 rings were always, I don't know if I don't, I feel like, and maybe this is just me drinking the Kool-Aid of of Kevin Feige and Marvel studios, but I really feel like this was, it was kind of always in the plan to not have it be like the official Mandarin. And they, they always would go back, but I can see what you're saying of it feeling like it was potentially a way that they, that they were reactionary, but I don't, I don't know if I totally agree. Alex, what do you, what do you make of that? trying to remember and david you may have to help me with that but i feel like they mentioned that in the book and it was either from iron man or iron man 3 that it was like a last minute thing where they were like hey put the man it was either put the mandarin in it for iron man 1 or it was an iron man 3 of having it be a fake the whole time so if i remember i think the mandarin was supposed to be the villain of iron man that's what it was yes um, and i guess because it was probably because I forgot the exact reason, but I think it was because they always saw him as a problematic character. Um, I think there was another reason as well, but for whatever reason they shelved it and decided to pick it up later um, in Iron Man three. I think it was when also Iron Man three, the villain was supposed to be Maya. And yeah, that's right. They decided, yeah. So there's the, a lot of villains. The creative yeah. committee said you couldn't have a female villain. Yeah. Um, and so they stuck, cool. they stuck the Mandarin, quote-unquote, in Iron Man 3. Yeah. Well, in the words of Katie and Shang-Chi, sure, you used your, your acting ability to cripple the entire U.S. government, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, Alex, Alex, we got attached to Captain America Civil War, and then part two was attached to Doctor Strange. We just get kind of get uh, what Thor is up to nowadays. Um, I mean, Thor's hanging out in Australia, as luck would have it, um, where Taika Waititi was filming Thor Ragnarok. Um, he w- Alex, would he have been Team Cap or Team Iron Man? Whoever called him first, that's what it feels uh, like. You know, I feel like it would be he would be Team Cap because, well, it sounds like he wanted them to stop fighting. But there was a moment there where he's like hey, telling Cap, you remember that time you told me that secret? If you want, if you want to tell me any more secrets, please let me know. I got nothing going on, and he doesn't say anything about that to Iron Man. So, um, yeah, I I loved these when this this one came out. Uh, I I was like, I can't wait for the next Thor movie because it just this was where he kind of got reimagined was like through these shorts because now you were like, oh, he's actually really funny, and he looks the exact same as he did in Dark World, which was great. Uh, some bits here, yeah, my favorite bits where he's like, and who's this purple weirdo? Yeah, I'm surprised you guys all knew that. And, uh, but then also, we get another continuity error in this one. How is he talking with Bruce Banner on a park bench or on a picnic table? Like, shouldn't Bruce be in Sakaar right now? 
you're overthinking it. But yes, you are absolutely correct. All, all I'm saying I think this whole thing is out of canon, but whatever. <laughs> oh, oh, and then I also had this was probably my favorite quote from the whole thing. He's trying to explain Thor was playing Connect Four with him, and he's like, he just he's uh, he ha- he does his own thing. He he has a lot of his own thoughts that he keeps to himself. I mean, he he just destroyed my Connect Four. It's been in, in the family for years, and and I I can't tell him that. <laughs> that's just was so funny. Uh, team thor is not canon says kevin uh he says brad winterbaum has also hinted that he could pop up in love and thunder if daryl shows up in love and thunder like i am all here for it wait so if he is though then team thor would be canon so just something that unless they change his name to like darren <laughs> robert oh, team thor is funny to you as it is to the other to the rest of us yeah oh yeah <laughs> this, this is where you know uh where he got his like comedic chops you know right before what you call it and so this made him more more likable to me so yeah i mean taika waititi put his put his stamp on thor early and often when it came to i mean again this came out with captain america civil war and like everybody's like well, where's thor like that's and and hulk like that's kind of the only thing that kept it from being avengers 4 like I man, like our Avengers three at the time, I guess, but it it's just so funny. Like I cannot wait for Love and Thunder. I we've got to be getting close to something, right? Like yeah, was it July? It comes out in July. Yeah, I year. wonder. Yeah, would they wait till after Moon Night? I don't know. Because I feel you, like they want to focus on that right now. Yeah, I mean Moon Night's two months from yesterday. Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness is obviously the next film. It's got to be before that. Yeah, because you're going to have to have that trailer with Doctor Strange. Yeah, I would say the second trailer for that would be with Doctor Strange. Yeah, yeah. But I don't know. I'm all for it. But then we get the return of the Grand Master, David, and he's the only one. Oh, go ahead. We have to talk about Mjolnir in bed, in in his little bed. Oh, yes. In the nightstand. (laughs) And big, big Mjolnir holding little Thor. Yeah. Yeah. Is he holding here? He's in the high chair, too. I think this also explains why Thor couldn't find the Infinity Stones in Ragnarok because he was too busy chilling with Daryl. Yeah. So. Ooh. Kevin's got an idea. Thor: Love and Thunder trailer during the Super Bowl. That would make sense. I don't. I feel like we'll get a Doctor Strange one in the Super Bowl, but. Or both. Maybe, maybe they'll do. Yeah, maybe they'll do a couple of spots, like a, a an hour, a minute one for Doctor Strange and thirty seconds for Thor, or like last year with Black Widow, they did a like a 30 second spot and then say full trailer online, like, because it was like a two and a half minute trailer. So uh, mm-hmm. I would say Kevin's probably onto, onto something there. Uh, yeah. The drawing of, of Mjolnir with muscles holding, holding Thor, like in just Thor's Thor's face. He just thinks it's the funniest thing ever. Like you think you're boop, 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 pumping in numbers. Oh, this is what makes me smart. I have a brain. Well, you know what? Here, This is a muscle and this is, I have more muscles than all of you. So I'm smarter like- than you. Did y'all see the drawings on the the dry erase board in the background when he's at like show and tell? Those were freaking hilarious. Like at the school. Like, yeah. yeah. I always notice. I, I always get distracted by the vision that's drawn on. I know some of them are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I like he's he's got it written on the door. He goes, "This says keep out Daryl," but he Darryl. doesn't listen. Yeah. <laughs> and he tries <laughs> to get him to like. That's where you the hold this hand. Yeah. Like, ah, no, as if. What was it? He was roasting in the meal in the. He didn't even stock. say what it was. He's just like, "This has been roasting here, roasting for, a piece uh, of meat for like, yeah, months or almost ready." <laughs> Leaving Mjolnir on the toilet seat, like, oh, just, yeah, that's right. poor Daryl, poor Daryl. But then we start to feel for Daryl in Team Daryl when the Grandmaster shows up and makes him the new Topaz and the melt stick, and he melts the guitarist. Like anything, Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster, I will take anything that you are willing to give me. I would assume he's in Love and Thunder. At least I hope he's in Love and Thunder because he's just he's just funny. But David, anything from the Grandmaster in Team Daryl? Um, uh, this is the one that I watched, and it yeah. didn't connect. It sounds like. Well, there's for me there's something about that type of humor that for me once I've seen it a little bit, like it starts to get a little bit old. Um, I still really like the short. I'm not going to say anything bad about it. Um, and Jeff Goldblum when. If assuming we have time to talk about st- one shots we would like to see, that's coming. Um, yes. Jeff Goldblum is going to be in one of mine. So, all right, I like it. It's <laughs> Dr. Ian Malcolm. Life uh, finds a way. Alex, uh, yeah, what I've got here, I think my favorite line is from the very beginning when he's like, Yeah, I was uh, 
looking for roommates and I, I own, this was the only one. He goes, Oh, imagine that. That was the only one. Well, lucky me. <laughs> and I, I don't know why I couldn't stop laughing. And I think it was on like the fifth watch. I was like, did he kill all of the other people who applied to be his roommates? That's awesome. I didn't even catch that. But That's yeah, good. he was so good. <laughs> Stephanie says, do you feel for Daryl? Didn't you hear Daryl tell the Grandmaster he loved him? He didn't make him say that. <laughs> makes me terrifically warm. Thank you. <laughs> him reminiscing about Topaz just corrects Oh, me. yeah. He's got the, the little candles with the, the thing. And he'll be he'll be ruling by my side. Well, not ruling. He'll be standing by my side. He's not going to be ruling. But... <laughs> Uh, oh, it's so good. How many views does he dress up as Topaz and walk around with him and take out the trash? Should we make another video to announce this first video? It has two views. Yeah, they're both us. <laughs> yeah, those were both us. <laughs> Refresh. Oh, that was that. That was a uh, Robert, anything from Team Daryl before we talk about one shots that we would love to have seen? I love the drawings in this one too. Like he drew Daryl on the horse and the horse had his face, <laughs> Grandmaster's face. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Never I'm gonna show you something I've never shown anyone before. It's all pictures of Daryl. Like, oh, not creepy at all. He's a he's a he's a crying cyclops in this one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, David, you teased it, so we're gonna talk about the Marvel one shots. Do seem to be a thing of the past, um, especially with the existence of the MCU or television shows on Disney Plus, and them tightening the canon a little bit. Like, like Alex said, he found a few inconsistencies. If you're gonna set these within the timeline. TV shows seem to be the better way to do it with Disney Plus. But David, if you could see a one shot from either the past or with any of the current characters, if you could make a one or two one shots of your own, where would you go with that? Um, so the first thing I would like I want to do is um, I feel like there. So when Endgame happened, when Thanos's giant ship, uh, you know, shows up in upstate New York. I feel like you're close enough to New York City that someone should have sent out a helicopter to cover that battle. So I would love to see like news organizations scrambling to get to upstate New York to figure out what the hell just happened up there. I, I think that would be good good enough for just kind of a one-time thing. I um, thought you were going to pull Jeff Goldblum out of Independence Day. Try to give it a virus. Multiverse. Could happen. Um, what I would love to see, though, and it lies somewhere between a one-shot and maybe a limited series, is... The uh, Grandmaster and the Collector both had their things taken away from them. You know, uh, the Collector took has had nowhere basically destroyed by Thanos in Endgame, and the Collector lost. I'm sorry, and the Grandmaster lost his tournament. So they both kind of need to find their next thing. And being brothers, I would love to see Jeff Goldblum and Benicio del Toro get together and figure out their next kind of hustle together as the grandmaster, I think that would be hysterical. Those two, um, it could be a Taika Waititi thing or a James Gunn thing, but I think that would be really funny to see those two try and figure out, figure out their next hustle in the galaxy. It's called yeah. Cancel Bite, and they end up in the uh, Last Jedi <laughs> Star Wars episode eight. <laughs> Any other ideas that you had for one shots or limited series there, David? Um, oh, I'm sure. I, I think these were really cool. It's interesting. I think as you... Starting in the beginning, they were ways to just kind of fill in some small gaps. Like, we didn't need to see the consultant. We didn't need to see a funny thing happen on the way to Thor's hammer. Um, but they're nice little things to um, just throw in there for the fans. But as you get to um, Agent Carter and All Hail the King, I feel like there were larger story ideas that Marvel wanted to set up, and that's what they used the one-shots for. So I feel like they could get back to that concept. And, um, and we have the Disney Plus shows now, so there's more room to work. But um, anything, anything they wanted to lay groundwork for, or I don't want to say redo, kind of in the way that they redid their Mandarin, but I feel like there are plenty of things um, you know Marvel could do if they wanted to. But I, I miss these little things. You know, it's nice to not have to uh, wait, you know, months and months for a full movie or however long for a full TV show. Just these nice, nice little bite-sized things. Um, it, it feels to me, yeah, no, I, I, yeah, it kind of morsels of anything. It feels like Team Thor, and it was brought up earlier. It feels like Team Thor was dropped to simply say, "Hey, we're going in a completely different direction with Thor here. Like this yeah. is kind of introducing you to what Tyke is going to be doing." 
So stuff like that, like even teases for upcoming films, I would really like it. Alex, do you have any ideas for ones that they could do? Yeah, and I was going to say too, I might be wrong, but I, I read a book uh, before Infinity War, I think it was Infinity War, before Infinity War came out that was the Grandmaster and uh, Collector. Uh, I thought it was canon, but I was told it wasn't canon, and so I got rid of the book. But I, it was pretty funny because I think it, it took place after they both lost their things. Um, the ones that I was thinking of, because uh, same thing, I feel I, I felt like a lot of it. I was like, we've got TV shows. I would have loved a cool one shot of Wanda of of all these people we got shows for. So I'm happy with that. Um, the two ones that, or I guess three, uh, Cap dealing with the future would have been a cool one after Winter Soldier or before Winter Soldier of him making that list or hearing recommendations from somebody or actually, you know, ten minutes of him going on the internet and being like, what is all of this? This is crazy. Internet uh, so helpful. Yeah, exactly. And then the other one was following Hulk to Sakaar. Uh, I really wanted to see that. I thought that was a big gap between Age of Ultron and Ragnarok of like, so he just took a ship and, and ended up in Sakaar. Would have been kind of cool for, again, a couple minutes of him going into that wormhole and then being like, oh, no, where did he go? Uh, and then the other one, someone mentioned something about Hawkeye. Uh, and it inspired this one. I would have loved I'd love to see a one shot of that guy going to the Maroon 5 concert. Uh, that I, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like half of the episode would have been that. And then the other half would have been justice for the final scene to where it shows somebody watching the uh, the performance of the the play. Like, you know, we didn't get to see it. It would have been cool to see somebody sitting in a chair going, this is so dumb. Well, I guess uh, <laughs> Hawkeye already said that, but it would have been cool to see old man cap or someone there. That would have been cool. Elena. Yeah, Yelena would have been very bummed by the whole thing. Kevin says that the five Guardians in the Marvel Studios book, the five Guardians were all supposed to get one shots before the first Guardians film. That would have been interesting. Cool. If you have any other ideas, let us know what ideas you may have for one shot. Robert, any any one shots you wish we had seen or would love to see in the future? No, not so much a one shot. Something to replace like Marvel Legends. Just like have Luis recap uh, each previous phase before before the. Uh, but for the new phases on Disney Plus would be cool. Yes. You yes. <laughs> any, any extra Luis you can give me. I'm I'm all yeah. there for that. Kevin says he wants Hank Pym in the Cold War as Ant-Man. I've got one kind of along those lines. I want to see the birth of the Red Guardian. Like, I think that'd be very, very interesting yeah. and see how true anything he ever says is or is not. Like, I think you could go very comical with it, if nothing else. Hi, Allison. Thank you so much for joining us. The one I would die to see is give me as much John C. Riley as you possibly can. Give me a day in the life of the Nova Corps and just follow John C. Riley around like he's Michael Scott and just see what he's up to in the Nova Corps. Like I can call it a day in the life. A day in the life of the Nova Corps. Like what a bunch of a holes. Like you could just follow those guys around. I think that'd be. I think that'd be super fun. What's his name? Denarian Day. Yeah, yeah. Denarian Day after Denarian Saul unfortunately mm -hmm. perishes yeah. sorry about that buddy <laughs> hey they got my message uh okay perfect uh, <laughs> anything else on the marvel one shots gentlemen uh no i don't I, I still think it's weird that there were some that i hadn't seen because i own all of them on blu-ray and so i guess i just didn't go into some of it i'm yeah, not you sure had to, but... you had to dig for them man i know i, had to I know, know they were there i just wish they'd bring them back Fair. You know, well, we've need... got shows now, David. We've got a whole TV series. I want more. Yeah, well, David doesn't have anything for the next two months. That's Give right, me. yeah. They should be giving us one one-shot a month. <laughs> one one-shot a week and just make it like a – draw it out so it's like kind of like a, a series, like a big story. What, wasn't there a show like that where it was like 10 episodes? Each episode was a minute long, and it was like you was never that, got it. It might have been Dr. Horrible or something. Some, like... It was any show on Quibi. <laughs> but you know, if Marvel wanted to, well, I guess they're they're done. So Marvel couldn't do have really have a partnership with Quibi now. But yeah, Quibi oh, could have been. Rest in peace, David. What's going on in modern God's world of podcasting? Um, we got a couple episodes coming up. I'm gonna want to do one on the topic of canon. Um, not specifically uh, in the in any one franchise, but a few that I'm I want to kind of talk about together how people feel about canon um and then once we're done um i'm figuring out an episode to do about the book of boba fett and it's 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 all of its connections to different themes and stories in the bible so look for that 
I know a guest that would potentially want to join you if you already haven't connected with said guest. Uh, said guest might be coming on. Robert, anything going on in your world that you need to plug? <laughs> Not at all. No good. That's a good looking sweatshirt you got there. <laughs> Appreciate it. Robert, when are you coming to Galaxy's Edge? Soon. I'll give you later on about that. Yeah, soon. Tomorrow. Soon. Alex, what's going on <laughs> in comics and cinema world? Uh, we just recorded our yearly anime episode. For those of you oh, who are yeah. fans of anime, my cousin, the anime king himself, uh, watched 60 different anime shows last year. And we didn't talk about all of them, but basically the top anime of the year. Uh, and then this month we'll have an episode of Book of Boba Fett whenever that show ends, uh, which has been quite the ride, but wrong show to discuss it on. <laughs> but yeah, I, that's about where no, no, let's keep going with it. Plug Babu's Whoa, Bobby's <laughs> We are talking about the book of Boba Fett, Alex, in just a couple of words. How do you feel about the book of Boba Fett? Uh, the <laughs> nicest way I can put it is uh, each episode keeps getting better. <laughs> good. We are talking uh, book of Boba Fett on Babu's freaking podcast every Sunday on YouTube here on This Is Life. And it's been fun. I'm really proud of what we did this week. Um, I think we've got a, a, some some at least fun theories, if nothing else. We'll see where the Book of Boba Fett goes for these final two episodes. Here on Earth's Mightiest Weirdos, February 7th next week, we are going to be talking about the best projects that were never made, that were ever rumored or reported on or castings or anything within the MCU. That should be a lot of fun. Um, February 14th, Valentine's Day, we're going to be talking the best MCU relationships. On February 21st, Anthony and I will be coming together for a MCU 101. We've had several people reach out, say, I'm new to the MCU. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to start. So there, a few of those uh, folks are going to join us, and Anthony and I are going to just try to do an MCU 101. Then on February 28th, we're going to start something I'm actually really excited about. We're going to call it the Quantum Realm Rewind. We're going to go back a year and talk about WandaVision a year later. Um, so when we have other opportunities, we can talk about potentially uh, Avengers Endgame, how that's come, how that has aged, all those kinds of things. Remembering our first time seeing uh, Endgame or or anything within the MCU. So we're going to call it the Quantum Realm Rewind. We're going to start after the one year after WandaVision, and then we're going to do MCU Madness throughout the month of March for phases one, two, three, and four. Starting in April, we'll get into Moon Knight, May 9th, our spoiler review of Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. I would assume at least in part a little bit with comics and cinema podcast as well. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us for the children. <laughs>